Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk. Welcome along. Um, If you are a regular listener, I just want to say hello and thank you for your following. If you're new, please do feel free to go back into previous episodes where you'll find so many different subjects, all sorts of things to gain your confidence, um, move you forward, achieve your goals, get that job, um, communicate it better, etc., etc. They're all there. So have a look. And I would recommend uh, episodes one to ten first rather than last week's and the week before and go back in that order. Um, apologies for the noise. My dog has just, she's led by my feet and deciding to chomp on a very loud chew while I'm recording. She does these things for attention. Um, so today's episode, I am focusing predominantly on overcoming shyness, overcoming social anxiety, or helping somebody that you work with or study with or are friends with or love in your family who might be struggling with shyness and um, social anxiety because it's such a big issue. It's, It's crippling and excruciating and it's miserable and it's a prison, really. It's horrible. And if we can and I know it is possible more than know it's possible from my own experience and many clients that it doesn't have to be a reality forever it's definitely solvable you can um, improve your confidence you can get over your shyness and when someone does when I did um, life just opens up and it's so much more joyful it's so much more rewarding and you fulfill your potential and you live life to the full if you don't and you carry on struggling with that shyness you forever hold yourself back and limit yourself and feel trapped and regretful and a little bit envious of others and admirable admire them and wishful etc it's horrible horrible and it doesn't have to be the situation at all it's very coachable it's very solvable um and and it can be temporary so it's a biggie and a really important one and if you're not shy well done that's brilliant news Uh, but you will know someone that's shy and it's also tips for you to help them and to recognize them and to spot them and uh, sort of guide them forward and uh, support them So the only thing to say is that on the website, I've put up a new date for my next uh, free workshop, two-hour confidence workshop in Basingstoke, Hampshire in July. So have a look. Other website uh, details there of the blog, um, of some online programs that you can purchase, download and own forever and repeat, repeat, repeat and do as often as you like. Um, Some other workshops that you can sign up for on Zoom or all sorts on the website and of course how to contact me for one-on-one coaching via zoom or face-to-face if there's a topic you would like just a tiny little bit of coaching on you can have just one session or a few if it's up to you or if you would like a speaker at an event then um, or if you would like a workshop at work it's all there all the details are there just drop me a line through the website so it's www.milestone-coaching.co.uk i would love to hear from you in any way even if it's to share uh, your own experiences and your own achievements 
or your thoughts about the podcast or an episode title and subject you would like covered. That would be great. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now and launch straight into this week's episode. I hope it's helpful. If it is, please do share it, tell people about it, forward it on, copy a link, put it on your social media. Thank you. Well, as you know, today's subject is about overcoming social anxiety, uh, lack of inner confidence and shyness. I mean, that that incorporates the whole, that's a label that incorporates many, many things. Um, But it is such a crippling um, emotion or um, trait or whatever you want to to call it, really. It really, really can affect our lives and um, everything that we do or don't do. And I wanted to tackle it partly because I was incredibly shy myself and I know what it feels like. And I absolutely know firsthand that it can be worked on, improved and banished, actually, um, overcome, if you want to say it in a different way. I know that myself, together with the fact that so many people that I work with are battling with it. So it is a constant topic that I am working in or on, um, particularly the teenagers that I'm working with at the moment, which is a huge group of my clients, are anywhere from about the age of 12 up. And so, so commonly they are battling with um, believing in themselves socially, getting out there, pushing themselves, taking risks, talking to people. One client that I worked with just at the weekend said um, that Whenever they have to talk to somebody else, including their own art teacher, um, and they're studying A-level art, they literally shake um, that their legs, their knees are shaking beforehand. More often than not, they'll back down and not even ask the question. Um, And if they do, they go red, they then beat themselves up afterwards, they said it wrong, they feel, or they wish they hadn't said this, or they wish that, or what did the teacher think? Overliving things, overthinking things, um, negativity. Horrible, horrible, horrible place in our heads sometimes um, when we're feeling this way. But I wanted to start with reading something out of an autobiography that I've been, I've just finished of a, a chap, a UK comedian, actor, um, celebrity, Bob Mortimer, um, who people may know from previous Vic and Mortimer, Reeves and Mortimer, that's right, um, may know Bob Mortimer from being on Would I Lie to You, may know Bob Mortimer from uh, Shooting Stars um, in the past, or more recently, a Gone Fishing. He's just a really likeable, nice guy that's a successful comedian and actor and performer and entertainer all round, but who, throughout the autobiography, talks about how painfully shy he was as a young guy. Um, and it's it's encouraging to read, actually, because, again, it gives you hope. You know we can see that it is something that can be banished or worked on and improved. And he just says it beautifully at the end in his last chapter, and I wanted to read it. He actually appeals to all the people who don't struggle with shyness first um, and appeals to them to look out for those that do. And I think he says it in such a better way than I could. I'll read it. All I can say in this respect is that if you know a quiet one at work, at home or wherever, 
try to make an effort to bring them in on things, try to give them a chance to flourish. They might just surprise you and end up enhancing your life. Actually, that's a great thought. Because often we just assume they're standoffish or they're unfriendly or they don't don't want to get involved in the office banter or the team banter. If you've just joined a team and there's this shy standoffish one or in the cycling club or the tennis club or wherever it is, at school, at college, and you put them down as somebody not nice, somebody that you don't want to know and you dismiss them and you, you rule them out. And actually, I know from many of my clients... They're not unfriendly. They're actually lovely. Um, They're not standoffish. They're just excruciatingly shy and they're struggling so much. It's not just young people. Trust me, it's much, much older adults that I work with who've been shy and struggled all their life or for, for many, many years of their life. They have struggled with this and been excluded as a result or found it difficult to mix. Um, So don't put them down as just the quiet one or the unfriendly one. It may well be that they're hurting inside. They're lonely, they're isolated, they're struggling and they desperately want to get involved, but they can't or they feel they can't. And as he says, they may well enhance your life. They may well become one of your best mates um, or more, um, who knows? So he goes on to say, believe me, it's not... It's next to impossible for them to do it on their own. So they need the help. They need the support. And if you can extend the hand of friendship and just include them sometimes, bring them in, talk to them, talk to them when the office is quiet or the classroom's quiet, when they're by themselves and they won't blush and they won't cry or they won't get, you know, palpitations and rapid heart rate and shaking legs, you know, or if they're just them on the bus, sit with them and chat to them, make it easier. He says... To those that are shy, if you yourself are a shy one, then please try not to settle for living in your isolation cage. That's a horrible thought, an isolation cage. He says, take every opportunity a stranger or colleague or associate associate may offer and run with it to the moon. There is no need to be scared of people or believe that what you have to contribute is worthless. Because it isn't, it really isn't. People are generally nice and most of them extremely boring most of the time. So true, isn't it? We, when we're shy, we put everybody else on a, up on a pedestal. We assume they're all better than us, more able, more competent, more confident. We just look up to them and we put ourselves down. And as he says, most of them are boring most of the time. Most of them are normal. We're all normal. We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat let's just row together. Um, I said that, not him. I got that from somewhere else. (laughs) Um, So take a chance, he says, get involved and slowly the cage will open. So what he's saying there and what I found myself and what I've said before and what I work on with clients is first, trust me, it is solvable. It is something that can be improved. It's not fixed and it does not have to be your reality forever. It absolutely does not. The minute we assume it does, we've given in and we're resigned to it and we accept it. Don't accept it. Um, The minute we decide I'm going to do something about this, I'm going to improve it, I'm going to build my confidence, I'm slowly, slowly going to get out of this, I'm slowly, slowly going to get out of my isolation cage, 
that's the moment where it all changes. Um, that's the turning point. So do not be resigned to it. Do not accept it. And do not label yourself, this is the way I am. This is just who I am. It doesn't have to be. So that's step one. Decide, let a switch go on. Decide right from here, this moment, while you're listening to this, it's something that you're working on. It's something that you're improving. And it's not a one fix it's not one switch. It's not overnight by any means. It's like everything else in the world. Those things that are worth having or worth gaining are the ones worth working on slowly but surely and just build on your successes. Just build on it slowly, a little bit more, a little bit more, and you get there. You absolutely get there. It's one step at a time. So don't expect miracles. Don't beat yourself up if tomorrow you go back a little step or two and you get a bit of self-doubt. Just keep building on it and building on it. So that's the second step. Know that this is a long-term thing and go softly, softly, slowly, slowly. Be kind to yourself. One thing I would say when I was really struggling with shyness and anxiety, social anxiety and with the clients that I work on, we're very, very cruel to ourselves. We're very harsh on ourselves. We beat ourselves up in our head. We reprimand ourselves. We think we're failures because we couldn't say this. We couldn't put our hand up in class. We couldn't speak up in that meeting. We didn't push ourselves for, to get that job or talk to that person and ask them out for a date or accept an offer or a, uh, an invite. So we beat ourselves up, admonish ourselves, um, criticise ourselves, see ourselves as a failure. And that's a downward spiral. That's not helping at all. That's actually making the whole thing worse. Because not only do you wish you could get out there and um, look up to and admire and see everybody as more successful, more able than you, and you put yourself down and you regret it and you... You yearn to be out there. You yearn to have some more friends. You yearn to get involved with that banter and that conversation so you feel left out. You also, in your head, beat yourself up and feel a failure and see yourself um, as really negative and put yourself down. So it's a really, really vicious cycle. It's a really horrible place in your head to be. So that's going to stop as well. You've got to stop beating yourself up about it. You wouldn't beat up your friend about it and criticise them because they didn't speak up or didn't put their hand up. You might gently encourage them. You might tell them that, of course, you can do it. You know the answer. Go on, put your hand up. Go on, go for that job. You'd be brilliant. Go on, go on that date. You might really like them, whatever it is, but you would not be really mean to them and really nasty and critical. So do not do that anymore. That's not helping. That's actually hindering and making everything a hundred times worse. So that, that has to stop. So that's the third point. Then the fourth point is how you start moving forward. And I would say it's a little bit every day, just a tiny bit every day. Start where it's safest. Start with people that you trust and you know. So some of the teenagers that I work with, they don't even, with family, they might have granny and granddad or cousins and aunts and uncles coming around at the weekend or something like that. And they even hold themselves back there. They'll answer questions that granny puts to them or something, but they're short answers. 
Um, they, they try and end that conversation as soon as they can. So I say to them, look, this is safe territory. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to say anything horrible. It's safe. You know them, etc. Even just maybe tell them that you're working on your shyness and your social anxiety and you're trying to get more confident. Ask them to help you. So start with, and your friends and your best friends, tell them, I'm trying to build my confidence. I'm trying to get more socially confident. Ask them to encourage you. Ask them to support you. So where you might just have said, or your teenager might just have said a few answers, a few one word answers or something like that. Start expanding a little bit, adding in a little bit more content or a little bit more information. Just make yourself add in one more sentence about anything, anything you've got mutually in common, whether it's the dog in the kitchen or the weather outside or um, the occasion, the birthday that you're at or the family gathering or the Christmas event or whatever, or the baby that's being christened, anything. Just find some common ground and throw in one more sentence every time. Force that. Don't, don't shrink in. Don't allow yourself to shrink in and stay in your safe zone, in your isolation cage. Just in a safer area, expand it so that you get more and more competent with adding in extra bits of information and content and taking that conversation just a little bit further. Once you've got really much better and more comfortable at doing that in the safe areas with your friends, with kind of distant friends that you feel safe-ish with or teammates in your sport or in your club or your activity or whatever it is or, or at work, then once you've done that, you can start doing it with people you know less or total strangers, people that you pass on a walk or on the street or in the supermarket or something. So start safe. Once you've got used to answering their questions in that safe zone and you've thrown in one more bit of information, start practicing asking questions. The best way, if you're not sure what to say in any conversation, whether you're at a party with strangers or a wedding or something like that, or on a first day at work, first day at uni, meeting your housemates, whatever it is, ask questions. It's easier to get them talking than it is for you to offer some groundbreaking, interesting bit of information that you feel uncomfortable with. <laughs> so get them talking. Where do you come from? How far did you have to travel? Did your parents drop you at uni? Or what are you studying? Or uh, how are you feeling about being here? Or if it, you're a wedding, you know, how do you know the groom? How do you know the bride? You know, what, what do you go back a long way? Are you related? Oh gosh, what were they like to grow up with? Or what were they like to work with? Or uh, whatever it is, did you go on the stag do? Did you go on the hen do? Where did they go? Do you know where they're going on your honey, their honeymoon? Whatever it is, there's something that you've got in common. If you're at a wedding, you've got the bride and groom in common. If you're at uni, you've got uni in common and your A-levels and your course and your hopes for the future. If you've just started work, you've got the workplace in common. Then after that, you'll find more information and you've got somewhere to go with that. The content that you gain, you can ask a second backup question or just listen to them. Um, so start practicing open questions, general questions. How do you know so-and-so? Or what subjects are you studying on and what do you hope to do with it? Nice open questions so they give you information. Where are you going on holiday? Um, or how soon, or whatever it is, get some information. Um, so if you're in an activity, ask them, you know, have you played for this team for long? Or how did you get into hockey? Or how did you get into football? Or etc, etc. 
just ask information, get them talking. It takes the it takes the pressure off you. All good presenters do this, by the way. If you often watch presenters, they'll throw out a question early on, if not first thing, because it takes the pressure off them and their slides and their content. It gets the audience involved. It gives them a second or two to do their breathing, get their breathing in check. Um, so questions are your tool. They're a great tool to have. Um, so practice that. And again, practice questions in the safe area. Practice it with your mates, practice it with your family, your loved ones, your partner, um, your kids. Just get better at asking good old open questions. I was working with one, one teenager who was really struggling and their grandparent used to drive them to the coaching session because their parent was working, whatever, whatever. And I'd say, what is going to happen when, when you get in the car now? What normally happens? Do, does your grandparent ask you about the coaching, et cetera, et cetera? And they said, yes. And I said, what do you normally say? Okay. One word answer. And I said, right, now your challenge now is always add some more information, anything from the coaching. And once you've added some uh, information, oh, it was good, really helpful. We focused on X, Y, and Z, or it was not so good today. It wasn't as good as last week. Whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. I want you to offer some information. And then I want you to ask them a question. So ask them, what have you been doing for the last hour? Did you stay in the driveway here in the garden? Or did you go to, up to the local shop and get a coffee? Or, or where did you go? Or I want you to ask them something so that they could practice that skill. Then we start building on it. So they start doing it to a mate at school. How was your weekend? What did you do? Etc. All of which they were not doing. It was, hi, all right. And that was it. Then it would go quiet. They'd sit looking down on their phone. That's a kind of self-soothing thing. It's an avoidance thing. It avoids eye contact with other people. It avoids making them feel uncomfortable, whether they're on the bus, in the classroom. Sit down, look at your phone. It's a real barrier. And it says to everybody else in the class, don't speak to me. I'm busy. I'm absorbed. It, so put the phone down. So we've got to stop using those props. We've got to start looking around and having eye contact, just tilting our chin up a little bit higher, looking around, smiling. Even if that's the first thing you start doing is keep your phone in your bag and just look around on the bus, on the train, whatever. Don't use it as a crutch because that's so, so unhelpful. And that's what so many people are doing. They're using their phone to avoid any contact. So they start a new job and at lunchtime they might sit somewhere in the building, in the organisation, in the canteen or in the, the seated area outside or at their desk, but they have their phone. It's a barrier. It stops conversations. Put it down, look up and ask a couple of questions. So don't use props. A lot of teenagers as well, they've got the hoods on. That's another thing. Stay away from me. I'm not, I don't want to speak. Hats. They wear hats. Anything to avoid eye contact. Looking down take your hood off, take your hats off, um, take your headphones out, put your phone away and look up and see what's going on in the world and feel comfortable just doing that. Start feeling comfortable with eye contact. Start feeling comfortable just smiling. Start feeling comfortable just saying hello or good morning. 
Just build on this every day. Do something every single day so you know you're expanding this skill set. Once you've got used to doing that, you'll feel confident. That now becomes your comfort zone. You're okay with that now. You've overcome that bit. Do the next bit. Speak up. Talk to that person Be in, in the supermarket that's just served you. Ask them, got a long shift? Has it been busy? Um, gosh, I bet you wish you were outside in that weather or oh, you're in the right place here. Look at that weather out there. It's horrible. Whatever it is. If you've got a Saturday job or some, if you're a youngster and you work, say, as a barista or in a supermarket or a shop or you're washing up in a kitchen or you're serving in a restaurant, whatever it is, make sure you ask them a question. Just practice asking questions. Um, what's it like out there? I've been in here all day. What's the weather like? Anything, even if you ask it 10 times, they don't know you've asked 10 previous customers. Practice just getting comfortable with that, that uh, question or conversation opener. Um, whatever it is, push yourself, push yourself. That's what I had to do. I was really frightened of presenting, hated presenting, wouldn't speak up in meetings. I made myself speak up when there was a meeting of just two people. I would make myself say something, one thing, one thing only in that meeting of two. Once I got comfortable with that, I started to speak up in a meeting of three. Once I got comfortable with that, I would start to make myself do it twice in a meeting or say, stand up at the flip chart and write something on the the board, some figures or whatever and present slightly. Once I got comfortable with that, I would do it in front of four people and so on and so on. Just build on it. Make that your comfort zone after a week or so and build on it further. So if it's a youngster who's building on it with grandparents and cousins and and their friend at school, once that's okay, some, some of the teenagers are so shy, they won't even put their hand up in class. So I get them to agree to put their hand up once a day. That's the first step. For the next week, I want you to make sure you put your hand up once a day. That's manageable. Scary, and I never ever deny it. It's it's not going to be scary. It's not not going to be scary. It is going to be scary, but only for a short while. Once you've done it once or twice, it gets less and less. Once you've done it five or six times, it's really not scary. So then we up it. I then say, right, now I want you to put your hand up every lesson, once every lesson. Um, once that's comfortable now, I want you to ask a question, not just answer a question. I now want you to ask so many students that I work with who are so, so shy. They, they might not understand the homework. They might not understand the assignment, but they haven't got the courage to stay behind. And as everybody's filtering out, just go up to the teacher and say, I didn't really understand that. Can, so that's the next bit. Go and ask your art teacher a question about your project or your piece of work or whatever. Build on that. And then it might be after that's okay, it might be people they don't know, like the secretary in the office or the caretaker or somebody in the class that they've not really ever spoken to. Make themselves speak to them in the dinner queue or at the lunch queue or at the bus stops, somebody they haven't never spoken to on the bus or something like that. So, or if it's you at work or it's you with new neighbours that have moved in, make yourself go around there and say, I'm sorry I didn't send you a welcome to your new home card, but we are uh, Karen and Paul or whoever it is next door. I just wanted you to welcome you to the neighbourhood. Yes, that will be scary because you're shy, but it's so worth it. You gain as a result. You will be able to congratulate yourself, pat yourself on the back. And that's the last and final step. 
celebrate your successes, small wins. Just have enough small wins and you get one major win and then another one and another one. I know that you can banish this. I know that you can become socially competent, confident. You can believe in yourself. You can be okay. You can hold your own. You can accept those invitations. You can try those new activities. You can take those new jobs and try new things and go and sign up and speak up and be heard. Your voice deserves to be heard just as much as anybody else's voice. You deserve to be out there living your life and and gaining your full potential, reaching your full potential just as much as the next one. The only difference is they're not holding themselves back. You might be. And the only person that can free you from that is you. Um, So give yourself permission. This ends now. Get yourself out there slowly, slowly. Build on it. Celebrate every small win. Write it down every night. What did you do today that pushed your social anxiety a little bit to its edge of its comfort zone? And it was okay and you survived. What do you plan to do tomorrow? Write it down tomorrow night. I did so-and-so. It was okay. I did all right. And push and push just a tiny bit further, a tiny bit further out of your comfort zone until that feels comfortable and it's in your comfort zone. And then push a bit further. Build on it and build on it and build on it. And celebrate. Be proud. Um, And it's only by being kind, that kindness, that compassion to yourself... Um, telling your friends, telling your relatives, do you know what I did today? I actually put my hand up in class and being dead proud of it. Hear yourself say it. Um, Accept it and put your head up and be proud of who you are. And you can get there. I absolutely know you can. I know firsthand. I know from clients. I have seen them flourish. I have seen them grow um, and just come out of their own shells. You can do it. I absolutely know you can. So share your success. If you want to drop me an email and say, guess what I did today? I, I took on this challenge. I've pushed myself, I've built up, I've built up and this is where I am. Then share it and, and blow your own trumpet. You deserve to. Then do drop me a line. Um, and if you want some help and some support, you know where I am. Even if it's just one quick Zoom hour where we can just give you some tools and techniques and get you on track, then do. Or anybody else, it doesn't have to be me. Get someone to support you, get someone to mentor you and encourage you and have your back um, and celebrate with. That's important. Then do. And I wish you loads and loads of good luck and loads of strength and courage because you can get there. Have a cracking, cracking week and I'll talk to you on next episode of Life Coaching on the Move. Take care.